A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Six, four, Welcome, everybody, to episode number eight, if I counted correctly, of the 643 Podcast, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation. I am your host, Dylan Short, here with spring training officially underway. But before we get into that, just a quick note. I'm not going to talk about Freddie Freeman today on today's show. So if you want to talk about Freddie, this is not the place for it. I have moved on from the Freddie talk. I'm sure we'll discuss whenever the Braves play the Dodgers. We'll kind of have to, but for now, uh, at least to this point, Freddie is no longer a member of the Atlanta Braves, and I am done talking about the Dodgers for now. So today, we are going to talk about some of the standouts from really early spring training camp and the Braves rotation, which to this point is the only undecided thing on the roster. Uh, I, th- I think it may already be tentatively decided. We just kind of keep hoping that they'll find another one. Uh, but that's kind of what we're going to go over today, along with maybe some plans that you could do to make that a little bit better. Oh, by the way, hint, hint, just throwing this out there. If you've ever wanted to sponsor a podcast or be mentioned alongside the Atlanta Braves every Tuesday and every Thursday, all you got to do is let me know on Twitter at Dylan X Short. You can message me however you want, or you can let me know and I will get you in touch with the guys at 680 The Fan. Not saying... I'm just saying I can be bought uh, and I can be bought and say pretty much whatever you want, but not when it comes to my baseball news that I'm totally off the top. But with spring training underway, I want to focus on actual baseball because I'm recording this on Monday night. One, I have a sick child Two, There's actually a televised game tomorrow that I'm going to be able to watch. And between the hours of one and four or however long it goes, I'm not going to be able to discuss anything at all because I'm going to take the time to enjoy watching some Braves baseball along with some of the guys that I've been watching for years in the minors. So we've seen some good things early uh, and it's really early. Today was just game three. The Braves lost today for what it's worth, by the way. Um, Talking about Monday. Um, Doesn't really matter. Wins and losses don't matter. You're still a little too early to start taking anything uh, as a mark for anything, really. You're three games in, so you really in really you're only a week since the CBA's been signed, essentially. Uh, so you don't really have anything that you could draw a real conclusion from. But that said, uh, I always look for for young player like minor leaguers who get a chance to get into games early and face some big league pitching rather than getting in in the seventh, eighth, and ninth where you're facing uh, other other minor league guys that aren't going to stay in camp long. Uh, there have been a few standouts from some of the young guys, and they're guys that we've talked about and some that we're going to talk about a little bit later, I'm sure, on some other Thursday episodes. Uh, Drew Waters, he did get hurt and got scratched uh, his first game. 
hit a home run right-handed, I might add. Uh, he's looked very good so far. He's had a few strikeouts, which he's wanted to do, but he's also taken a walk, had the home run, he's stolen a base. He's shown you pretty much everything in the Drew Waters arsenal, which is nice to see. One of the things that you might notice if you've been watching him for a few years is you can start to see, and I have this on good authority from my good friend Andy Harris over at outfieldflyrule.com, who you should definitely check out. He and Matt Critzberg's podcast, the, um, the OFR Farm Report. But uh, Drew Waters is a guy that, that really did not struggle at all until he got to AAA. Now you kind of see him. Uh, and, and talking to Andy, as I, I've mentioned Drew the, fir- the very first Thursday that we did. Drew was the first prospect that I talked about. Um, just going back and forth with Andy, whose knowledge I trust immensely on prospects, so I tend to bounce things off of him. Uh, he's a guy that goes and sees them regularly, sees them all the time. Uh, and I trust guys who get eyes on guys rather than scouting stat lines more than anything else. Uh, but if you were to talk to Andy, he will tell you, like he told me, that you can see a, a, a real big difference. And if you've been watching for, year, for years, you can kind of see yourself. But you can see a, a distinct difference in where Drew keeps his hands, uh, particularly left-handed. He's got them a lot closer to his body than he did uh, in previous years, which is hopefully going to allow him to kind of bridge the gap. As it stands right now, one of the issues has been that he's been kind of missing on fastballs and taking third strike fastballs, which are not really what you want to take. Um, It's usually a function of he kind of cheats early in the count against off speed and and then tries to, instead of expanding the zone like most hitters do when they're down two strikes to just try to foul it off, he tends to to shrink his zone. Um, but one of the things that he's doing to kind of counteract that is keep his hands a little bit closer to his body, which gives him more time to adjust, which should hopefully allow him to cut down on the strike on the whiffs in the strike zone. You can't really do anything about whiffs outside the strike zone, but you really don't want to have a high whiff percentage in the strike zone. It's a very bad sign that doesn't spell good things for a future normally, um, but it is correctable. I think I think most of Drew's things will be plenty correctable with just some experience, which he should start getting uh, in bulk here relatively soon, as long as this injury doesn't hold him out for too long. It was a shame to see him go down. He's playing very well. But with him going down, it's another chance for Michael Harris to step up, who himself has been very, very good. Hasn't hit one out yet, but he's put a couple good charges into baseball, put some really good swings on it. Uh, He has a stolen base of his own. I think he got caught stealing once, too. Um, But had a swing the other day that looked just like Jason Hayward on the follow-through. Michael Harris, if you follow MLB Pipeline, has now moved up to the number one prospect in the Braves organization, according to MLB Pipeline. Um, Very excited to see what he's been able to do. He doesn't have a real shot to start at the big league level, um, but I would expect him to start at AA and find his way into AAA very, very soon. How quickly he finds his way up to AAA might let you know exactly how close the the front office really thinks he is to being ready. Another one we've talked about before, um, one of my favorite prospects in the system, somebody that I told you to really keep your eyes on, Vaughn Grissom. Uh, He's farther away than anybody else that we're going to talk about today. We do have one more person to talk about. But Vaughn Grissom has been extremely, extremely impressive, at the plate anyway. Uh, offensively, he looks great. His swing looks fantastic. He's roped himself a double. He's putting good swings on everything, making good contact. He he looks far more advanced than his age and his relative level experience. I would expect him to start in double-A this year as well. I think the Braves can afford to be aggressive with him. When you have a a young hitter who's very, very patient and shows a good eye at the plate and shows the capacity to go the opposite way, really all you're working on is defense and and waiting for some power, some grown man strength to develop, you can be aggressive with those guys. They They have the approach already that's not going to put them into too large of a hole. I think Vaughn is one of those guys. Uh, It's another one. I'm I'm sure he'll get sent down 
relatively quickly here uh, since there's not a very long spring training. I bet I'll, I'll bet you he gets sent down uh, to he'll get reassigned to Double A AA or Triple A here relatively soon. But he's got some good experience, and now the Braves have gotten a good eye on him against some big league pitching. He's come in a little bit later than the other guys, so he's faced some other minor league guys. But they're higher minor league levels than he's already faced, and he's more than held his own. He looks fantastic. I told you guys that I love Vaughn Grissom. Uh, shortstop, he made an error the other day. Looks a little, maybe maybe a little bit rocky over there. Um, he, he needs to tighten that up if he wants to stay uh, to stick at shortstop. But like I said before, when I've talked about him, he's got the actions to play third base. He's got, the, I think he'll develop the power to play third base. Uh, he's got the the actions in the arm to play second. He could probably play outfield as well. Andy, as I was just talking about, Andy actually says he reminds him of kind of like a Jermaine Die uh, type of player. I love me some Vaughn Grissom. Vaughn is one of my absolute favorites. I think we'll see him breaking top 100 prospect lists by midseason. And William Contreras. We saw William a little bit last year. Uh, We saw him a couple different times, actually. First time you saw him come up and he struggled for a bit. Uh, He did show some power. When he does make contact, makes very hard contact. But you could clearly see he was very, very aggressive, overly so, uh, with pitches. Digging himself into bad counts uh, and putting himself behind the eight ball. and, And his numbers just, they kind of plateaued and then fell off hard. Which, not to me, you know, that... Listen, I don't, I don't get discouraged the first time a player comes up to the big leagues, uh, especially if it's a guy who's traditionally a, a free swinger. Like, you got to learn. You got to get to that point. And, and a lot of these players, they're so talented that you don't, you don't make that change to your style until it's forced upon you. Uh, so you see what it is that you have to do to get better, and that's where you start to see the guys make their, their adjustment that keeps them in the big leagues. And for William Contreras, what we've seen so far this spring is he's got that same ability to just hit balls incredibly hard, put great swings on balls. He works well with the pitchers. Um, he's very athletic behind the plate, and he's getting a lot better as far as a defensive setup and his receiving skills. Um, but what you're seeing offensively is at least what you've seen these three games is you've seen a, a, a deserted effort a concerted effort, I should say. A concerted effort to actually uh, work deep into counts. Even if he, if he misses a ball here or there and, and he gets himself dug down quickly, he doesn't get out of his game plan. He sticks with it himself. And you saw him uh, in, earlier today. He took a 3-2 walk. Uh, and then early, and then the at-bat after that, he got down 0-2, took it back to 3-2, and then ended up striking out. But what I like to see is I like to see him working counts and going deep into at-bats. That's only going to help him as he progresses. Uh, if you can, if he can do that consistently, one, it wears down opposing pitchers, but two, it's going to really boost his OBP. So it's really going to allow him to take advantage uh, of what he can do on the ball field absolutely best. And I think he's a guy, he's not going to start the big league roster. Manny Pena is going to be the backup. Travis Darno is going to be the starting catcher. Um, he hasn't had any work in the outfields yet, unless he's done it on some of the backfields. Uh, last year, they did give him a little bit of scratch work in left field. That was kind of interesting when they thought they would still have Shea Langoliers. Uh, as it is now, William Contreras is the guy that is the Braves catcher of the future for the moment. Doesn't mean that they won't target one in the draft, which I kind of think they will. Uh, I think maybe Alex thinks of William as more of a bat, more of a, a of a DH or somebody that's... I think, I think William is athletic enough to learn how to play a corner. He's got the arm for either corner. Uh, if he has the arm for right, he's got the arm for left. But he's got the bat for left, the arm for right. Uh, I don't know that he could handle an infield slot, but, I mean, it would hurt nothing to try him out and see. And the ability for him to be able to play multiple positions would help what right now is probably the weakest area on this ball club, which is the 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 utility player, the bench infielder. You've got Orlando Arcia who can play multiple spots. He can play the outfield as well as the infield. Uh, they have enough outfielders on the roster now that we can go ahead and say Arcia is back to being an infielder. Uh, but you usually need more than that. 
Phil Gosselin was signed to uh, a, a non-guaranteed deal. Phil Gosselin, the former Brave, by the way. Um, you might remember Phil Gosselin um, before he was traded to Arizona. Gosselin's a guy that can play in multiple areas. He's not he's not really good at anything, quite frankly. Um, he's a good quad A player, I'll say that. But he, he, he can play everywhere defensively. He can... You know, he can give you a decent at-bat. He's not got any power to speak of, but he's versatile. He knows his role. He knows his niche. And you do need guys like that. He's one of those guys that can fill in a little bit everywhere. Kind of similar to, to A-Ray Adrianza, but don't expect him to even be as good as A-Ray was last year. Um, but he's a guy that he's got a shot because of how thin the depth is as far as the infield goes. He and Brock Holt have legitimate shots to make this ball club and, and could push out. Uh, one of those outfielders, Alex Dickerson, is on a is on a non guaranteed deal. Um, Ryan Goins has played infield plenty in his career. He's another option, although I think Goins would be kind of farther down the list if you were to ask me. Uh, I I still think that Alex might be waiting to see who gets cut. Uh, if there's a if there's a particularly good option utility wise that gets cut late in spring training right before the season starts, I don't think Alex would hesitate to pounce. There's a couple of guys on the forty that you could sacrifice, um, but that forty man crunch is a lot closer now than it's been in previous years. Uh, th- there's not a lot of fat to cut from this forty man roster. There's a lot of prospects on there that if you DFA them, somebody's going to take them. Um, th- there, there's not a lot of, of filler. There's a, everybody on this team essentially now has a role. And that kind of leads us to the next talking point and, and what we really want to focus on today's show, uh, which is the starting rotation. That's kind of been the, the one thing left. Alex had mentioned that they wanted a starting pitcher. They haven't found one through trade or free agency that they really wanted to yet. There weren't a, gr- a lot of great options on the free agent market. Um, trades have been pretty much non-existent for high impact starting pitching right now. The prices have been pretty exorbitant. Um, Except for the Reds and Sonny Gray, for some reason, I was a little disappointed in that. I thought we, I thought I really thought the Braves would get Sonny Gray, um, but they didn't. There's still a few guys you could kind of go and target. Uh, Colorado is so stupid that they should be willing to give you Herman Marquez, but they're not going to because they are the worst run franchise in Major League Baseball uh, and maybe the worst run franchise in all of sports. They are, they are that bad. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could talk the Diamondbacks into giving you somebody as, as a back end, but I don't think the Braves are, are necessarily looking for just innings eaters right now. Uh, even though you could probably use one, you at some point you have to turn the reins over to these young guys. And I think that this spring, even though it's a truncated spring training, uh, what you're seeing is, is you're seeing two spots up for grabs. And you have five young guys, plus you have Colin McHugh, who you signed. You went out and signed Kenley Jansen. Uh, and what, what Alex has done is really beefed up this bullpen as a way to give him to give himself some margin for error and to give these young guys some room for error to where they don't have to go six, seven innings. You know, if they go four or five innings, you have the bullpen and the multi-inning type of guys in that bullpen to cover it and, and to provide the best avenue for success for both those players and for the team. Because at some point, you're going to have to turn these guys loose at the big league level. A lot of them have had plenty of time in the minors. Um, maybe Kyle Muller could use a little bit more seasoning if you want. He hasn't had a, a ton of options, but he's had quite a few starts at AAA. Uh, Kyle Wright's had a ton of time at AAA. Seems like he's in AAA every year. Uh, Tucker Davidson has had some time. You could say He's kind of in that same boat as Kyle Muller. Waskar um, Inoa, uh, we're going to talk about because... For, for those of you that have been following me since the Locked on Braves days, wondering how I haven't gotten to my Waskar Noah talks yet, don't worry, it's happening today. Uh, Tukey Toussaint, he, he, I guess nominally Tukey has a shot. I At this point, I think Tukey's a reliever. I, I, I've thought that for a while. I think that that would allow him to kind of 
take advantage of, of his stuff when he goes right, when he's right, and then it would allow the Braves not to be hamstrung when he's not right because Tukey's a guy that it's a tale of two guys. It's either going to go really, really well or really, really badly, and there's no in-between on that, as we've seen multiple times at the big league level. And we've seen all of these guys perform well at the big league level. We've also seen all of them struggle at the big league level. Now, I'm going to get this out in the open. Um, there are far too many people that just write Waskar and Oa into the bullpen and, and put two of these other four in the starting rotation for absolutely no reason. And, and I, I, this is one of those, those takes that irritates me more than just about anything else. And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just because I'm a Waskar and Oa fan. But Waskar and Oa, for the first month of the season last year, was the only starting pitcher doing anything. He was the best starting pitcher on the team through the first month. Then he punched a bench and broke his hand. And then he came back and wasn't quite the same. Then his shoulder kind of wore down as the season wore on. It was his first time as an actual full-fledged starter. When he'd been starting in AAA, it was a nominal start where he was piggybacking, uh, often with Patrick Weigel before he got traded. And afterwards, he, I, you saw a lot of piggybacking with other arms in the system. You didn't see him kind of just handed the reins and said, hey, get after it. So I expected some fatigue. You can tell me he's a two-pitch guy. First of all, that's, that's, that's not entirely correct. You're just saying he throws a fastball and he throws a slider. And while that's correct, he throws three different types of fastballs and he throws two separate, two distinctly separate sliders. So you're throwing five pitches that react differently. That's not truly two pitches. So yeah, you can say you're sitting fastball, but if you're sitting a four seam and he gives you a sinker, or you're sitting a sinker and he gives you a four seam or you're sinking or you're sitting the hard biting slider, which is almost more like a cutter and he gives you the slow sweeper or vice versa. Those are, those are distinct pitches in and of themselves. Um, I do agree. He needs a changeup desperately, um, a changeup or a splitter, and he has those in his arsenal. When he came over from the Twins for Jaime Garcia, he had six pitches in his repertoire, reportedly seven. The Braves have pared that down over the years as a, uh, as a way to try to, try to translate some of that raw ability into actual baseball ability. And you've seen the fruits of it so far, just working the fastball slider combinations. Um, but I do think that the, the changeup is the pitch. That would be the the next one in the chain. He's thrown it before. He's got a split change, which I, I love split changes. They're probably my favorite pitch in baseball. Um, but if he can get that to be even just being playable, slightly below average, then you're talking about a Waskar that is easily, easily above the rest of these arms. In terms of arm talent, Waskar is easily the most talented arm of this group. He's got the good body style to be a guy that can eat innings. He doesn't. He's got the best command of this group as well. So yes, I know two pitch. He's got to go to the bullpen. Um, maybe if there were guys that actually were, you know, comparable skill levels of Waskar and had more pitches, I could see that. But as it stands right now, none of the other four guys have put anything on the, on tape, even close to Waskar and Noah. So, uh, he's, he might not be healthy to start the season. Apparently that shoulder is still, still kind of sore. Uh, so there, I don't think they're going to rush him at all. Mike Soroka says that he's on schedule to be back in June. We'll see how the Braves kind of take that. There's going to be quite a bit of, of buildup to that. They're going to be extra cautious this year after stupidly letting him pitch in spring training a year ago, which was way too soon, uh, and you saw the results of what happened. Um, so just this whole Waskar has to go to the bullpen. Ignore that. That, that's, that, is, not a, that is not a particularly smart talking point in, in regards to who is currently available for those slots. 
In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. Now, the, as far as the other ones available, I think personally, I think Kyle Muller is the best person to put in that slot. I think Kyle Wright is the one that does get the slot, though. I think Kyle, as he's getting older, he's kind of bounced up and down. He got to the bigs before all these guys, and he's been kind of doing this dance back and forth. I think he's the guy that the Braves want to take hold of that spot. You Obviously, if you spend a super high draft pick on Kyle Wright, you move him up through the system incredibly quickly you want him to to grab hold of that slot um he hasn't yet but he he always teases you he'll give you one of these outings like he gave you in the world series he'll give you one of these outings where for one game he puts it all together and you see what he could be and i think that that's a guy there they just keep waiting for him to harness it. And if he does, that's fantastic. If he does, he's got four pitches that have the chance to be at least league average, if not better. He doesn't have anything that I would say is an above average pitch right now at all. Whereas Waskar, when you're talking about the 2080 grade scale, uh, 50 is average, 55 slightly above, 60 is, uh, 60 you would say above average, 65 to 70 you'd say plus, uh, 75 double plus, 70 you can say double plus, but really 70, 75 double plus, and then 80 is um, like tops in the league type. You don't see many 80-grade pitches. Rarely ever, actually. Uh, so if you're talking about Waskar, his fastball slider, those would both be, I would say, uh, the fastball I'd probably say is a 60. The The slider's a definite 70, maybe a 65 on the fastball. So I, I would say he's ranging on above average to plus on the fastball. It'll flash plus to double plus on the slider. So now his changeup, I would say right now, is probably about a 35, well below average. Now, if he can get that to a 45, slightly below average, then you're talking about a potential ace of this of this type of, of these young arms. Extremely talented and has good command. Kyle Wright throws uh, a four-seamer, a two-seamer, a slider, a curveball, and a changeup. And at different times, he's messed around with different ones. Generally, he doesn't like to throw the two distinct breaking balls in the same repertoire. Uh, he, he tends to work on he'll He'll tend to feature one and shelf the other one. Um, if they could ever get him to where he was confident enough throwing both, I think that would be a boon for him. That curveball at times flashes uh, above average. That slider at times flashes above average. The four-seamer is below average. The two-seamer, I've seen it flash above average, even bordering on plus, but not consistently. And that's the thing with Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright does not have crisp command or control. And the best way I can delineate the two control is throwing strikes command is throwing the pitch where you want to throw it uh obviously you have to have control to be a starting pitcher 
but command is what differentiates a major league bullpen arm from a major league starter. You have to be able to spot the ball where you want to spot it. If you can't, then you have great stuff and you're throwing it down the middle and you're going to give up bombs. It's one of those things when you see guys that have elite stuff and just don't seem to, to match up with their arm talent, it's usually command related. Uh, and power arms generally are going to be lower on the command spectrum. Uh, for Kyle Wright, there's periods that he'll have where he's got really good command, really good control, doesn't walk a lot of guys. And then there'll be times where he'll lose the strike zone completely for innings at a time. And then there'll be times where he hangs every single pitch and can't put it where he wants to. I think a lot of Kyle's problem, if I'm being honest, is probably mental. Uh, he he does very well in AAA. Then he comes up to the big leagues and he starts, he's got this weird thing where he'll pitch one way in Gwinnett he'll come up to the majors and, and pitch a completely different way. Like generally when he's in the minors, he features that four seam more than that two seam. Then he jumps up to the bigs and it's the two seam all the time. Uh, and it hasn't worked out for him yet. You'd figure at some point he'd just take whatever's working in AAA and apply that to the big leagues. Maybe we'll see that this year. If he can get that down, I think that spot's his. If not, Kyle Muller, and he, Kyle Muller pitched on Monday, uh, by the way, pitched very well. Uh, Kyle's a guy that has a big, gigantic lefty, 6'6", all of 260, 270, big old dude, um, and has the fastball to match, runs at high 90s, can hit 100, um, and he's got a, a, a sharp breaking curveball. He's got a, it, it's not a ton of break on the slider, but it's really sharp. It's one of those slider cutter mixes, and he's got a changeup as well. Now, typically when he throws, he's he's fastball, slider, curve. You don't see too much of the change with him. The change is decidedly underneath the rest of them um his fastball when he's spotting it his fastball is very good um he's a guy that that you envision being a really high strikeout guy hasn't been particularly high strikeouts yet but that's something that you could definitely see coming um but he's a guy that i would like to see get a real run at it he had some bad luck last year he kind of faded down the stretch but fip wise fielding independent pitching wise he pitched very well in his short stint last year just didn't get the results that he was wanting. And really, frankly, his command was really bad, and he was not going deep enough into games. He was only going four and a half to five innings, and you can't have that. That's that's Kyle Muller's area. If he can fix the command, particularly of that slider uh, and that curveball, his two breaking balls, fastball, he, he's generally good at throwing strikes with it. Um, you'd like to see a little bit better placement, but that's going to come with usage. Um, but if he could really dial in the command on his two off-speed pitches, that would be... The, the, that would be the the distinction for Kyle Muller. And if you can get that out, then Kyle should have one of these spots. I actually, I, I think that you can make a case that Muller deserves one of these spots anyway. Being a lefty wouldn't hurt. It would help kind of even out the rotation a little bit if you care about such things. But also I think that Muller has more upside in his arm than Kyle Wright. I think he has more upside in his arm than, uh, or I think he's got, he's likelier to, to reach his upside than Tukey. And I think he's got, he's probably got a little bit more upside than Tucker Davidson. Tucker is one of those guys that I love. Uh, I've been a fan of Tucker, Tucker Davidson since he really popped up with that helium about 2018, uh, where he really started putting in work at driveline and getting up, you know, high, high 90s, um, hitting 100 mile an hour pull downs and things like that. Tucker's a guy that has performed very, very well in certain, in some spots, in some spot starts, and really, really badly in other spot starts. There's not been a lot of consistency with Tucker, and that kind of boils down to his pitches. His fastball, when he's fully healthy and fully right, when he's working anywhere from, he'll float between 92 and 95. He's got more in the tank, but he doesn't have, he's, he's, I don't want to say this to sound rude to Tucker, but out of the names that we're talking about, 
he's probably got the, the least of the pure arm talent. He has to work a lot harder to maximize what he's got. He, he doesn't tend to have the stamina to hold 96, which he can hit. He can hit 90. He can hit 100. But he doesn't have the, the stamina to hold that for, consecutive, for consistent innings as a starter. So when he starts, he has to kind of boil it down to 92 to 95. And a lot of times you'll see him kind of floating that 92 mile an hour. Now, it does, it's not always a bad thing. He's got a little bit of deception. The ball seems to get on hitters a little bit faster coming out of his arm than the, than the velocity would indicate. Uh, and he's got, he's kind of another weird profile. When he was drafted, 19th round as a reliever, by the way, and just showed the Braves that he should be a starter. Um, he was a guy that had a, a good changeup. That changeup, as he's gotten much better with his arm strength and gotten that velocity much higher, he's lost a lot of that command of the changeup to where his changeup is probably now his worst pitch. His curveball is probably his best secondary offering, and quite frankly, his curveball is probably his best pitch, period. So in that, he's a little bit like Max Fried in that respect, where uh, his, his curveball is his best pitch. It's not as devastating as Max Fried's. Uh, and actually, in one of his games, his slider was his best pitch, but I think that was more a function of that game. The slider is relatively new to his arsenal. If he can keep it going, fantastic. He throws the same pitches that Max Freed throws. Um, he, he doesn't have quite the same level of ability as Max Freed, honestly. Um, but what, what you like about Tucker is the drive. Uh, and and he, he's, he's a guy that wants big-time opportunities at all times. He really relished coming in and getting that, that World Series start, even though it didn't go well for him, after being on the 60-day IL and essentially not even going to double-A or triple-A, just training in Northport before getting thrown onto that World Series start. Uh, I like Tucker. I think I think Tucker will be... if the You'll be able to tell what the Braves think of Tucker Davidson based on what happens to him out of spring. If he doesn't win one of the starting rotation spots and they keep him on the big league roster as the long man or in the bullpen, then they're going to think that that's that he's behind the other ones on this list for sure. If they send him down to Gwinnett, him and, and any combination of him and Muller, then you'll know that Alex Anthopoulos and that front office truly think that Tucker Davidson can be a long-term starting pitcher for them. Uh, otherwise, because if, if they don't think he's going to be a full-time starting pitcher, they're going to throw him into that bullpen and let him let loose with 97 for his fastball, 97 to 100, and let him loose in short stints uh, and, and probably use him to piggyback off of some of these other ones at the, at the top up here. Um, if they think that he's he's a full he's a he's a starter and he doesn't win one of these spots outright, they'll send him down to let him keep working on things. Uh, and Tuki Toussaint, that does bring us to Tuki. I love Tuki Toussaint. Uh, I love his arm talent. He's he's got a high nineties fastball. His split change is beautiful. His curveball is a work of art. Uh, he has a he has a talent for movement. He's got a talent for throwing pitches with movement. The problem with Tuki is one hundred percent command. Um, he, he never can spot a ball in the same place twice. It, it's almost more like an accident when he places balls where he's supposed to. And this is something that's been Tukey's problem ever since the Braves acquired him for Phil Gosselin, by the way, um, all the way back when he was 18. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't Gosselin. I want to say it was, it was Gosselin was involved in that deal, uh, way back when he was 18 years old. Um, and, he was one of the high, I think he was, he was a top 50 prospect at one point, actually. When the Braves got him, he kind of fell out of favor a little bit because he was having command issues, went to a stretch-only pitcher, uh, really got to work uh, in, the, in the low minors in A-ball in Rome in particular, started to put it all together, started running up, and, and started really having success with, with the strikeouts. The walks were always an issue where 
he'd throw a lot of strikes one inning, and then the next inning he'd just lose his mechanics entirely. And that still has followed him around to a little bit, uh, to, to, to some point. Suki's a guy that he's a guy that's always going to make you dream because if he could harness the command and even just have league average command, his stuff is so good that he would be, he'd probably be number two type of starter on pretty much any rotation. Um, but unfortunately for Tukey, that's probably not in the cards. He hasn't shown that yet. He's, he's had the same struggles as far as missing to his arm side on his four seam. That's the thing. He can't control the fastball. And if you can't control the fastball, it's nearly impossible to be a starting pitcher. It can work as a reliever where I think Tukey eventually ends up. And I think you'll see that transition this season, um, but it's not so good for starting pitching. They keep giving Tukey chances and everything. You keep seeing this narrative. Why does Tukey get so many chances? It's because the arm talent is that special. And Tukey is that special of a person. He is, he is an incredibly special young man. Um, it's the, the command is the thing though. And if you don't have command and you can't throw your fastball for strikes, and you're allowing hitters to sit on your breaking pitches, that's not a good recipe for success. I think moving him to the bullpen is the best cure. It allows him to, when he's on, you can let him roll for however long he can roll for, and when he's off, you can get him out of there as quick as possible without having gigantic damage. It's unfortunate for Tukey. I'm sure he wants to be a starter, but I think think if you put him in the bullpen, you let him rip and let him know, hey, you're a reliever now, train this way, I think you're talking about a, a... high impact back into the bullpen piece, like a Rysel Iglesias level piece. That's that's how good it is. Um, so while the starting rotation could be better, uh, obviously if the Braves could go out and get a higher impact arm, basically if you could get another two or three and just slot them in at four, you'd feel better. I'd like to, ha- I'd probably like to have one more veteran starting pitcher. I think Alex is still going to look for that. We'll see what happens as spring training continues to roll on as some other guys start to get available. Maybe uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Alex swings a deal somewhere for, for somebody kind of middle of the road, middle of the pack type. Uh, if not, I, you're going to see two of these five, two of these fives are, are, are going to take those spots. I think, if Anoa is healthy, I think Anoa and Colin McHugh make for a great piggyback option. But I think Colin McHugh, adding Colin McHugh makes this a lot easier because one, you have enough you have enough guys for a dedicated bullpen game for sure um, every week. But what you also have is you could pair one of these guys up with Colin McHugh and all of a sudden, instead of asking them to go five or six innings, you could even only ask them to go three one time through the order. If it doesn't look like they have it, you can get Colin McHugh in there and, and have you a guy that can go another one time through the order. Uh, and get yourself to the rest of your bullpen sitting pretty. So Alex Anthopoulos has done a good job, exam- a, re- a great job, I should say, examining the weakness on this ball club. And while he hasn't gotten the pieces that he wanted, he found an excellent alternative that should allow you to essentially approach the game in much the same manner uh, as it would if you were to get a, a reliable innings eater and hadn't gotten Kenley Jansen. So kudos to Alex Anthopoulos. The way that he's built this team means that even if you roll with two of these young guys, you have the bullpen depth and the talent in that bullpen, not to mention the the absolute plethora of arms that can go multiple innings in that bullpen to where you can still field uh, an ex- astounding team without running everyone into the ground, which is obviously the big worry. Lineup-wise for the Braves, I think they're set. Uh, Duvall's going to play center field. Ozuna's going to play left field until... Um, um, until Ronald comes back, who's probably going to miss the first month as far as fielding work goes. Uh, Rosario will play right field. So defensively, the outfield defense is going to suffer pretty heavily. Infield defense, the same as you're always seeing, other than Matt Olson at first base, uh, who is an excellent defensive first baseman. You won't see any drop-off defensively from Freddie. In fact, you might actually see a little bit of gain. Um, Ozzie, premium defender at, at second base. 
Dansby, we'll see what he is this year. Last year was a pretty good defender at short. He's floated between really good and really bad in, in his years as a defensive shortstop. Uh, but he's t- been taking really good steps lately. We'll see what he does. Austin Riley took really good steps forward last year. And as long as his arm can kind of dial in a little bit and he can quit with the throwing errors, Austin will, will show you that he's a very good defensive third baseman as well. All in all, this Braves team, way better spot than they were at to start last year and way, way better spot than they were when they won the World Series a year ago. This is a team to be very excited about. Uh, I am extremely excited about this. I have no problems telling you guys right now I'm expecting another deep, deep playoff run. I'm not going to say that I expect him to win the World Series, uh, but I certainly expect him to be one of the front runners and to make it to the NLCS again. I think they're going to run through this division. The Mets are very talented on that pitching staff, and they added some good players, Starling Marte and Mark Canna. Uh, and you never really know what's going to happen with Francisco Lindor. Um, Mark Canna is a sneaky good player. Starling Marte is a really good player. Uh, I'm not that worried about them adding Max Scherzer. The Braves have faced Max Scherzer more than maybe anybody else in baseball. Not worried about him. Max Scherzer is very is old now. I mean this with all due respect to an absolute monster in his day. That Max Scherzer is not this Max Scherzer. This Max Scherzer is not somebody who's going to be running at 97 miles an hour all that consistently. Um, he's going to fall off a cliff. And I think anytime you're joining the Mets, you're, you're kind of daring that cliff to just show up right underneath your feet. Uh, I do think that the Mets are the second best team. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I like what they've done. They've made good moves, but they're also the Mets. So it's not going to turn out well for them. Defensively, they're okay. They got a lot better when you added Canna and Marte. Um, Infield-wise, they're still going to be running JD at third base. So infield defense is, is not any different than it was a season ago. Marlins, I think they'll be better. I think for the Marlins, what you should do is, if you're the Marlins, Get those young guys plenty of experience, man. They've got some incredibly talented young pitchers. Let those guys eat. You don't have a lot of position players to worry about right now, um, but let those young pitchers eat. They're gonna. They're still. I think they'll finish fourth. Nationals will finish last. They don't have a great pitching staff. They've got some good prospects. Go ahead and call those guys up. You've got Juan Soto, and that's about it. So, uh, speaking of that's about it. I think that's going to be enough for me today. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will be back on Thursday for another episode of the 643 Podcast. Bye-bye, and thank you guys so much for tuning in every single time we post one of these episodes. And go Braves. That's all, folks. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon background screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com, horizonscreening.com.